Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Save big money in your next project with help from Menards. Move water where you need it quickly with a Barracuda sump pump. Sump pumps keep your basement dry when big storms hit unexpectedly. Get a half-horsepower cast-iron Barracuda sump pump on sale now through May 5th. Hurry into Menards and don't forget to check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil. I hope you're well and I hope you're safe. Um, if you have been reading the internet this week, you may be aware of the murder of Sabina Nessa, who is a 28-year-old English woman who uh, was killed at 8.30pm on a five-minute walk through a park in the early evening in the late summer in the United Kingdom. Um, I don't even know how that happens at 8.30pm. Uh, I don't know why it ever happens ever at any time. Uh, we already went through all of this with the Sarah Everard case. If you haven't heard about the Sabina Nessa case, it may be because she is a woman of colour and there has been distinctly less coverage of her death. So I just want to make sure that I am paying tribute to this apparently beloved and kind, beautiful young woman whose life was taken by almost definitely a man who didn't know how to fucking control himself. And I'm so sorry to anyone listening to this who feels frequently unsafe just because of their gender, just because we live in a society that has still not chosen to treat the cause of male violence and misogyny and uh, instead just puts all of the pressure and the responsibility onto women to manage men's complete lack of fucking self-control. We should not wear our headphones when we're walking home at night. We should pretend to be on the phone. We should only walk through lit high streets. We should carry alarms and whistles and mace we should not go out at night on our own we shouldn't drink too much we shouldn't wear the wrong thing um we should get home safe and early we should spend our money on cabs because it's not safe for us to take an affordable uh, form of public transport after the sun goes down um, we should do everything we shouldn't just treat the fucking cause and handle patriarchy because that'd be too much effort for men I had an amazing other episode a couple of months ago after the disappearance of Sarah Everard with Dr. Jackson Katz, who is an educator in the space of uh, tackling men's violence against women. And it is an extraordinary episode that you might find comforting to listen to because it's really nice hearing a man talk about this shit for a change and also deeply informative because he says things that don't even occur to a lot of us because we've been so hyper normalized by the world that we live in he calls bullshit on so much of our society in a way that i just found so illuminating i uh sorry i'm sorry to kick this off on a sad note but this happened and it is something that most of us are aware of whether we realize it or not all day every day whether we're in our house or uh outside with strangers we are 
subconsciously almost all of the time afraid and that has to stop and we have to put more pressure on men to step up and do better and not just not hurt us but stop each other from hurting us educate each other interrupt toxic behavior and toxic language um so it's something i cover with dr jackson cats uh in that episode a couple of months ago but i um yeah i'm just sorry that this is something that has to constantly be in our in our psyche i didn't even know until this week that every three days another woman is murdered in the united kingdom that's a terrifying statistic anyway i don't know how the fuck you're supposed to segue from that into a comedy episode of a podcast but watch me do it you can hear it in my tone um i'm speaking to a woman today about a different type of empowerment and a different side of the world that we live in. And her name is Samantha B. If you are not familiar with her, she is one of the only women in the history of uh, news and kind of late night talk. She is an extraordinary presence, uh, not only on social media, but also on television, an incredible role model, hugely talented, so funny, so smart, and uh, a much needed voice for women and also for everyone to hear frankly I'm a massive fan of hers and I didn't think she'd say yes to coming on my podcast but she did and we had a wonderful chat we um we talked about you know her well leaving Twitter and and everything that she goes through being one of the few women in the space of talk and late night and news uh we talk about the extra double standards she's subjected to but how she's able to masterfully power through them she comes at this from a very unapologetic stance one that i needed to hear one that i think we all need to hear where she just doesn't bullshit anyone and she's not here for anyone else's bullshit she is just such a warrior and very kind of stable in her defiance and I love seeing that energy from any woman, uh, in particular one as exceptional and, and needed as Sam B. I'm so happy that she's able to push through all of the nonsense she does have to sometimes contend with to just do it all. We talk about her being able to have this extraordinary career and still be a dedicated mother and f saying fuck off to the rules of what you know all the gatekeepers who say that this is the thing that makes you a good mother and if you have your job and you follow your you know if you pursue your dreams and your passions then you're not dedicating enough time to your children she just doesn't negotiate with other people's judgment she's just here to do her thing she's a very clear plan of attack to make the world better for those children that she has than it was when she arrived in it uh we talk about her boundaries and you know i'm like i think throughout a lot of the episode is just me being like how do, how do you cope with this how do you do this teach me uh she's like my own personal yoda um we also talk about the situation in afghanistan briefly and talk about ways that maybe you can help via organizations that are incredible like choose love who are doing great work on the ground but she's just there's just no one like her She's so sturdy. I, uh, I I can't wait for you to hear this episode. I can't wait to hear what you think about this episode. I know we started this in a bleak way, but I do think we will end on a high because there's something about Samantha B that just makes you want to punch the fucking air. And if ever we need something like that, it's probably this week. So I love you. Please be safe. Um, tell all the men in your life to step the fuck up. And don't feel bad about that. And if you don't want to personally do it, you can always just forward them any of my many tweets or today's rant <laughs> in the podcast intro. And I hope you're all right. This is all increasingly stressful to be a woman with the Texas abortion stuff, Sabina going missing, 
The news cycle, Britney still not being completely free yet, is a lot, it's a lot. So let's sit back, relax and enjoy the next hour of a, a very witty and enjoyable woman. And by that, I of course do not mean myself. This is Samantha B. believe you're here. Samantha B. I'm so excited. Welcome to my way. Hi. Thank you. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really starstruck by you um, because (laughs) I think you're so excellent and such a great role model in so many ways. But also you have, because I I got here not long before you started your own late night talk show, uh, Mm -hmm. you have been how I've learned American politics and you've been where I've gotten American news. So everything that I get wrong is actually your fault, which is unfortunate. It's my fault. I'm so sorry. I wanted to be a better mentor <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, no no it's so it's it's just one of those things that's so surreal when someone kind of almost becomes your your teacher your guide into this completely different political landscape oh, um, sort of equally corrupt as mine but <laughs> in uh, more complicated nuanced uh, and more right. overtly racist ways uh, yes but equally racist inherently um mm-hmm. i uh yeah it's just it's it's surreal to have you here now ah, i'm so excited yeah oh my God, I, it's, I, it's, it makes, me, it makes me feel like I'm having a delusion. That's what mutual, it is. Like, cause mu- I, cause mutual watch... admiration society, because I <laughs> think you're awesome. Oh, you're so sweet. Ah, oh, boy. How Anyways. are you? How have you been? You've been, do- yeah, God, you've just, you've, it's been a lot. Like the last year and a half, having to do so much of your show from mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. being able to pull that off, but also just generally, how, how has your mental health been? There's been so much news coming. I can't imagine being in the news space in, especially in the last, I mean, really just the hellscape of 2016. <laughs> since when you've quite, been well, you know what? We did take, um, I will say that we took a long break over the summer and that was actually very beneficial. Like, I don't even think that we knew how much we needed it until we were, until the break was almost over. And then we went, oh, thank goodness. Like, what a lucky thing that we decided to just kind of like put the brakes on for a few weeks and actually like walk away. And it took me a really long time to walk away because it was just like a lot for... And I I don't know, it's not like I feel like everything is dissipated and everything's great now that the world is world is absolutely exploding and COVID's re, you know, re-exploding and all everything is happening. So just to have a moment of pause before the whole world blew up again was uh, beneficial, I think. I don't yeah. know. Do you, do you generally struggle? Do you feel like to stop working? Do you have do. a sense of like, because like, I imagine, I mean, and being a woman generally, and then on top of that, being a woman in this industry, there is also kind of like external pressure just to keep going, keep going, don't miss anything. You've only got one shot, you've got a sprint, not a marathon. Um, yes. Don't ever stop. But then on top of that, to be in the space that you're in of talk and news, is there a, an extra sense of obligation and almost like a, addiction to... I don't mean that in a derogatory way. At there all, is. But, like to, but to being responsible for like putting that information out or clearing I, disinformation. I think I have more of an addiction to um, knowing what's happening all the time. Like I think it's more like an addiction to breaking news. So I, I actually only recently, well, first of all, all of our work stuff is on Slack and it took me 
about, like I probably checked Slack 200 times a day for the Mm -hmm. first four weeks of break and no one was on it. It was only me just making sure that it was quiet. (laughs) It was so (laughs) dumb. I felt so stupid every time I clicked on it too. I was like, just making sure. Um, (laughs) But then recently I actually went, I stopped using Twitter. I had to actually just kind of at the end of the break, I went, okay, I need to fully stop. And that was actually hard. I do, I'm not like a big user of Twitter, but I am an observer of it. And I always like to know like what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. And I've, I've had to like, let that go. It was actually one thing that made me, that drove me off Twitter. Was it like me? It's normally me. I it wasn't you. Twitter. Okay. It wasn't you, but it was um, with, oh my, this is so crazy. It was uh, Malala. Okay. You know, um, heard of her tweeted, you'd heard of her. Mm -hmm. Um, she was like, I, you know, I'm, my heart breaks for the, my sisters in Afghanistan. It was an emotional plea to think about the women and the refugees going to be pouring out of Afghanistan and someone, a blue checkmark person, I don't even know who it was, was like, really your heart bleeds for the women of of Afghanistan? Like, what have you done for them? And I was like, you know what? (laughs) I'm out. I'm actually out. I'm out. This is not an arena that I want to participate in anymore. I can't do do it. Do you think you're out, out, like forever out? Have you broken? I think I just need to break the cycle. I need to break the cycle of even knowing that that is the type of interaction that is waiting for me there. I just need to fully, I need to break it. I need to break that habit. And then I think I can reintroduce like a healthy level of Twitter back into my life. I don't think that's possible. I'm a huge breaking news addict and it's something I've spoken about. And I I swear to God, maybe every single intro last year of this podcast was saying, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give up social media. We're all going to do it together. Like trying to rally my listeners to stop with the self-harm. Very difficult. Of of just like such a ridiculous onslaught of information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you something, actually. Someone said something, I mean, a lot of people have been saying this, and it's often quite privileged people who say this, or scholars of this, mm-hmm. but some people have been saying recently that these are, this is technically the best time uh, in human civilization, I guess, to be alive, right. technically, statistically. And uh-huh. yet the news would have us believe that everything is worse than ever, that it's uh, that we are in an untenable time. I mm-hmm. feel very much so the latter, that it does feel like we are rolling backwards when I see stuff around abortion rights or what's happening in Afghanistan or like multiple places in the world, Kashmir, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I do feel like we are in a terrible time. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you make of that? The fact that statistically we're in less kind of you know quote unquote barbaric times. Maybe uh, uh, I do think when anyone you know kind of like starts the conversation with like, but statistically life yeah. is bad. Like <laughs> you're, <laughs> you know, we live longer than it before. Feels like a really, it feels like a really low bar as well. Do you know it what is, I mean? I like think, an offensively low bar for I, civilized, yes. like conscious beings that have frontal lobes. Like it just the, feels... Oh yeah. The bar is offensively low. I just actually, this isn't even more, this is an awful, my answer is so awful. I think it's always awful. <laughs> the world is pretty awful. Like happy to be alive. I'm not right. saying I want the world to be better for my children. Like I'm doing what I can to lift them forward. But I don't, I mean, some things are better. Some things are worse. You slide, you backslide. Human beings are just sort of generally a mess. Yeah. 
Do you feel like you always felt that way? Do you think you, or do you feel as though you came into this space and came into the world with more optimism? No, I wouldn't say that. I don't think that I was born like, (laughs) I don't, I've never been like a person who was like, can we just put a positive spin on that? (laughs) I don't know. I think I was too, (laughs) I think I was born with too much interest and motivation to read the news. Like I just have always been like this. I've just always been a worried child. Like I was like a worried child worrying about Ronald Reagan when I was like 10 years old and it just continues. It continues. I still, and I, I want to say like, I enjoy, I enjoy my life. I enjoy living. I generally like a happy person, but I think you can be too. I think you can have both of those things happening at the same time. So then I also want to ask, just especially specifically, because this is a mental health podcast and sometimes Mm. being on the receiving end of the onslaught of what's happening in the world. Do you think we have too much terrible news coming at us? Do you think that we need to start becoming more careful in how much of that we let ourselves ingest? Or do you think we're turning away from all of the, you know, the chaos in the world? Well, I mean, I, I that's what I struggle with. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I want to like hector people about like, you're not paying attention to the deep stuff, but I do think there is like some superfluous stuff that we probably could skitter away from. Like there is too much attention placed on like dumb stuff. Like we do focus on stuff that is not important. Like, a. Just some emerging, I can't even think of a good example because I'm too, my, my brain is too tired, but like some dumb story that pops up and it's like, somebody sent this and what does that mean? And, and we, the whole world, like we just like glam onto these like individual little stories and kind of turn our attention away. It's very easy. We're very fickle. You know, it turns our attention away from things that we actually could be, should be thinking about. That reminds me a lot of what you said that I think I found so compelling. Um, you during Cuntgate, uh, when mm-hmm. you um, you called right. Trump a, a feckless cunt on your show, mm-hmm. and then your apology was extremely tr- true and fair and like wonderful, but also very funny. In which you were talking about the fact that women were upset, and you understood why, and you didn't want sure. to upset women, and you said men are also upset, and you don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also said, and I think this was the part that I found the most poignant about your apology that I feel like very few people ever say is that like you felt, and pardon me if I paraphrase this incorrectly, but you said that you regret being a part of the distraction of the news cycle, like giving cause for everyone to look away at you rather yes. than the things that you are trying to, uh, to, raise awareness around. I think I feel very similarly whenever I'm in the hot seat of a controversy, I'm always like, that's the, that's the biggest regret is that like, fuck, now I've accidentally taken up Mm. loads of space. It's not about the fact that I'm embarrassed in front of everyone or this and the other. I got very little ego left (laughs) after 13 years of this business. It's just been sort of chiseled away. Uh, But it's, but when I'm in the midst of a controversy, even when it's lies in a smear campaign, I'm just gutted because I'm like, fuck, that's right. exactly what they wanted. That's yeah. exactly what the powers that be that want, that I threaten want is for everyone to be looking at me rather than them who I have been pointed at, pointing yes. at. Yes. So I think that it was so frustrating. I will never not be mad about this. And it actually brings up like white hot anger inside Oh, sorry. Me. Like, no, 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 it's good. It's a good thing. It's like really good to summon every once in a while because so much of the, and then like, cause cunt gave was like, it was, it went around the world. Like I had friends in Guatemala who were like, what did you say about 
Ivanka mm-hmm. Trump, like, why am I reading about this here and people in China? Like, it was crazy. Um, and when the news reported on it, like, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, across every network, like, across every network, it went on it was for days. out of control. It wasn't it was that big a deal what you did compared it, to anything Bill Maher has ever done. Not that that's the fucking point, but I'm just saying. It just you know, wasn't like, a big deal. It, it just, just wasn't, wasn't a big deal. And so many, I saw so many newscasters get on their respective programs and go, you know, and the real shame of it is that it distracts from the real story of migrant children. Now, if we can just get back to Cuntgate, and why would a woman say that vicious word on TV? I'm like, you literally are the news. You don't get to, to, to like chastise me for distracting you from the major issue that Mm -hmm. you're not talking about. Clear the fucking deck of this miniature fucking minor kerfuffle. It's a nothing. It's a nothing scenario. Yeah. Now's when you go, and that's why we're gonna now gonna pivot away from this dumb thing and actually talk about migrant children. Like that's the opportunity that wasn't taken for days. I couldn't believe it. I will never forget it. I will never forget that feeling. I will never forgive those people. And I know I can see all of their faces doing that exact thing. <laughs> and I was just, I, I hope that I never forget how angry that makes me. And it, it just it remains consistent. I just broke out so many sweat patches, like all oh, over my I body. Feel like, you. you know what I, I mean? Really, oh, dude, I really feel you. I really feel you. I remember that like my biggest sort of global controversy, I was truly all over the news. It was on page mm-hmm. six, it was on CNN. <laughs> like it was everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. As to whether or not I was actually queer. <laughs> oh my <laughs> I was at the beginning of the pandemic, whether or not I, my, my disability like is actually uh, a bad or like if, if it even really exists, like Mm -hmm. Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which I have, like, does it really exist? Is it a red flag? Is she really sick? And it's like, people were dying around the world in a a pandemic. Global pandemic. Yeah. And so it put me in a situation where like for not very long, I, like I, I wanted to defend myself and I did very briefly. And then it started to like dawn on me that much bigger and worse things are happening in the world. And I was like, if I keep fighting this, people right. are going to stop talking about the fact that we don't have fucking healthcare in this country and people are dying everywhere. So I just had to like eat shit and just allow it to just sort of dissipate and fizzle away and just allow it to carry on. But it was amazing how long it went on. I was like, where's the perspective here? Newscasters who talk about real world news. It's not a like, it's not a, it's not something that it's really easy to understand for people, but there, there are certain moments where people are spreading misinformation about you. They're saying something, it's just not Mm -hmm. true. And you just have to eat that shit sandwich because you know (laughs) that if you give it oxygen, you give it a second life and a third life and a fourth life. And actually the more they provoke you and you more that you take that bait. And you want to defend yourself. You want to say that's this is not true. Like this How is just do like you do it because not I'm true. bad. At, I'm bad at eating shit. Like I think I have like a, a like an intolerance. Maybe I'm too good at eating shit. So like I don't know that we maybe together we would find the perfect balance. But I like, do. I do want to talk to you about this. Like yeah. Like I just always wonder what it's like to be you uh, oh, because God, you are it's so boring. You are, uh, no, but, <laughs> it's so boring. But uh, how? How have you kept your shit together with being such a relentless target for so many people and not just the fucking right, which is what annoys me? 
not right. just the oh right. yeah no not it's no, when not it's at all. Uh, when it's the le- it's the left or the liberals like how, oh, how do you how do you keep it together like i need to know for me and i think for everyone on here because you don't have to be famous to be subjected to scrutiny gaslighting misogyny sure. and um and misinformation being spread around you well i i, I actually really have a very disciplined uh tune out vibe like i i i I'm very disciplined about not reading people's comments about me. Like I'm like, I mean, that is my. Did you ever? Uh, superpower. Uh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. I, when I first uh, started at the daily show was 2003. Mm-hmm. And like back then, back, back in the old days, it was just like your IMDb. When you would you take know, your horse and car. You would take your, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just like an IMDb like chat. So underneath the little article about you or underneath your little face and your like Q meter was just like a little chat board of people who said shit about you or liked you or whatever. And I would Google myself. So I would like do a segment on The Daily Show and I would Google myself and then I would like my heart would break. I would be uh, like sobbing on the floor because nobody ever says anything. If, in, even if... 90 people say something nice, you're going to read that like one comment of the person who's like, I wish that she would be dead. I hate her. So I really ingested a lot of that for a lot of years. And then what did that do to your confidence? It was so incredibly undermining. And, and, you know, you, you're, meanwhile, you're trying to like do your job and you're like, well, I hope that, I hope that Hanzo Hattori from the IMDb chat board likes what my, what my latest offering. And then I, <laughs> and then I was like, I fucking can't do this. Any-. And I actually, this is not, this is not a solution that I really recommend to anyone, but I did ha- start having children and then I just didn't have time. <laughs> Like it actually was just like, so, you know, like have children and get a hobby. Like, I don't know what they were my, my hobby and my, my, I spent so much, you know, I I just didn't have a lot of time to really read people's shit about me. And then it became a discipline. And then I was like, wait, why am I checking in with strangers about how they feel about me as a person and their judgments about me? Why don't I just focus on like, what the work that I'm doing and, and just keep moving forward and just like keep one foot ahead of the other. So have you managed to secure like a full vacuum? You don't get friends texting you being like, are you okay? Cause that's what I get. I don't read the comments. And then I get fucking Sometimes. messages from people I love and trust who genuinely right. are just looking out for me being like, oh, the internet's really coming for you today. I'm just checking in. And I'm like, fuck, is it? And what, oh, what it is on me. Fuck. I'm like, why am I, tra-? they're like, you're trending. And I'm like, why am I trending? I didn't do anything. Like, oh, wow. Well, so, they have to stop. You have to, they have to, they have to stop doing it. They just have to treat you like a normal person and like, they have to understand your your discipline. They have to honor your discipline. I have had to tell people in my life, I'm like, please don't tell me. Like, I don't want to know, um, you know, because my family, if they heard about something in, you know, they'll they'll call me from Canada and they're like, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. And I'm like, oh, no, what's happening? Why are you? It's the same thing. And so finally, I was like, you have to know, I don't, I'm not going to tell you when I'm doing something like if I go on Colbert, I'm probably not going to tell you because not that it's a secret, but I'm not going to think to tell you. So you don't think to tell me when someone's talking shit about me. Like, just don't tell me. I don't want to know. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. 
Yeah, that's no. excellent. Well, I mean, that's that's a good idea. And I think I will start to put that out, but it just stresses me out because I'm just not reading it because there's no point. Yeah, there is no a, point. there is a, you know, and I've spoken about this again, like plenty of times publicly and on Instagram, et cetera, but there is a particular hatred of mm. women with opinions. And I guess mm. that's something that I would like to talk to you about. You've experienced it personally. Sure. Also, you've watched it happen to, I mean, of course you've watched it happen to many public figures, but in particular politicians and mm-hmm. I wonder how you feel about it. Do you feel like it's getting better? Do you feel like it's getting worse? Because, you know, Gloria Steinem says that after any kind of, you know, after any movement of progress comes a tremendous backlash. Mm-hmm. Like a backlash is always a sign that there has been a significant moment of progress for right. any kind of, you know, minority or repressed well, group. You know, before before 2016, when we all thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election, mm-hmm. not that that would have solved the world's problems because it really and truly would not have. We would still have a lot of problems um, in, in a different way. Yeah, um, so, um, perhaps less white supremacist uh, rallies. Maybe less, uh, slightly mm-hmm. fewer. Um, we would joke around the office. We'd be like, okay, well, after she wins the election, let the backlash against women begin. And boy, like it just happened so much faster than that. It happened, you know, like the day after she lost. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it would take a little longer. I'm consistently pretty surprised by how fast the cycle goes, but it is a cycle. And I don't think it's really getting, I really don't think it's getting better at all, actually. I'm sorry. No, Should it's I fine. You shouldn't know. No, you shouldn't think anything. I, I, I also feel the same way. You know, I wish it was. Attacks on people like AOC or yeah. uh, just... Uh, so many, so many of the um, outspoken women in the mm-hmm. space who just, like, I just think are so wonderful for, con- for carrying on. Sure. Are, th- what, are there ever times that you've just been like, oh, fuck this. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, definitely. I'm sure there have been for you too. That's like, well, oh, I could 100%. do. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I, I still sometimes go, well, what can I do other than, you know, there's other stuff I can do. I have other skills. Like I'm, I'm good at a lot of different things. What's a, what's a thing you would do instead? I want to work in a deli. Well, <laughs> no, I, I'm deadly. Good I'm with fucking a, deadly serious. You're good with a meat slicer. I'm good with a meat slicer. I'm good with a, any kind of um, a sandwich mm-hmm. spread, really. Like I make great oh. sandwich spreads, but also it's mostly that, and I'm sure this is against every food code, mm-hmm. uh, hygiene code, but I just want to like try everything, you know? So it just feels like I would okay. get first dibs. Great. On all of the first tips on, on all, all the, the nosh. Yeah, you get to try all the, everything. All the stuff. So I definitely well, I waited for so long and I really am quite good at it. I'm not mm-hmm. the most congenial waiter. Like I'm not your best friend server, but I um sell the I'm, shit out of the specials though, right? I'm like I'm very good. I'm very organized. Like okay. you're gonna get your food, it's gonna be hot, okay? Like yes. it's going to, it's going to come to you in a timely way and it will be an organized meal. It's going to come in the right order. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not your friend, but you we're not fed. friends. Yeah. We're not going to party afterwards, but you're going to get everything that you want out of this evening and I'm just going to disappear. Okay. So I always think, well, I could go, I've always got that. I've always got that skill set. So do you, do your friends and partner ever get stressed for you and wish that you would quit? They do. I don't think that they wish... I think that my family maybe is ready for me to stop. Although, um, do you mean like uh, your immediate nucleus family of your kids and husband, or are you talking about like ex- no. you know 
extended family? I was thinking more like parents, step parents. Totally. Like I don't. I don't think that they're. Um, I think that they'll be happy when I when I finally stop. I think they'll be happy when I stop because um, they realize and they see how much I. When I'm when I'm working, I'm I'm quite checked out of a lot of conversations. Like I'm I'm checking out. I'm, our our love is real. We're having great conversations, and sometimes I just disappear. And I'm there. <laughs> I'm I'm physically there, and I have disappeared. And and now um, they used to. Everyone used to gently go like, "Hey, hi, we're over here." And now they're just like, "She's gone." She's gone. She's, she's gone. And sometimes they, <laughs> and I can hear them and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So finding, finding that balance of like, she's gone. She's, she's not reachable. Let's go into the other room. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone, everyone in like, my house does that. Everyone in my house yeah. does that. And my, my boyfriend definitely supports what I do, but is also, mm-hmm. uh, now, now he's okay because I'm okay. And I've just learned right. to actually, I don't know. I've kind of, I've decided to let just like let just settle in to the mm-hmm. mass dislike. I'm kind of into it. Like I'm free now. I feel free for the first time ever where I'm like, God, now I don't have to fucking try to be every single individual from every different background, every different product of their own environment, everyone's fucking cup of tea. Someone I think someone, that's great. I think someone that's said great. you can't be liked by everyone, you're not chicken fingers. And I like I saw that on a, on a card that I have that I think I'm gonna send to you. Uh just for these moments. I really and it think- really made me feel attacked, obviously, when I saw it. Um, but it's also been kind of life changing. I was like, Can you oh, say that one more time? I wanna yeah, write that you, down for myself. You can't be liked by everyone. You're not chicken fingers. You're not chicken fingers. That should be a needle point. (laughs) That should be a needle point. And you should have it like right above your desk. I'm going to. I'm going to make you one as well. I I really think we should have matching cushions of this. I think I'm going to send them to every single woman in the media. I think it should just be given to you as like your first day in media. You should just be given this screen. It should be like a screaming cushion. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel you know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to and this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week you just have this complete freedom honestly I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant it's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. My kids are very helpful in this regard, too, because they are so clearly the focus of my life, which is, it's so it's bad when they're like, she's gone. It makes me feel bad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. all right. How yes, old are you they? Right. They're 15 and 13 and 11. And wow. they command a lot of, time and good loving energy. And they also don't give a flying fuck what I do for a living. Like they just don't care at all. Mm. They don't think it's cool or great. They're just like, what's your work? Okay, that's fine. Uh, Can we do, we want to, we want to go swimming. Are you coming? (laughs) (laughs) Or like, can you get us uh, some breakfast? They don't invest in it. And so it's, it's a good way to be reminded of, oh, right. Yes. There's like my life life. And then there's this life and there has to be a separation between the two things. There has I think to be. that's, I think that's extremely difficult for some people to muster, not because Very. it's actually difficult for them to muster as in like, not necessarily actually as excruciating as society has made it for specifically women mm-hmm. to be able to like straddle both of those places of it's following their passion very I mean, especially difficult. such an all-encompassing passion as something very like difficult. yours, whilst at the same time, your other all-encompassing passion is your love for your children. People um, have not made it. It is not It is not an easy road for people. It is not an easy road. Have you been shamed over this sort of stuff? Um, people have tried. Actually, people have tried. But the one thing I'm... the I would say the thing that I'm most solid in is that... You, you cannot come at my parenting. Like you just cannot. I just, I'm like, I'm, it's an unbreakable. Fo- I, I don't, I don't like, if there's anything I really, truly don't give a shit about, it's what anybody else thinks about my parenting. Cause I have a good, I'm very solid in like my relationship with my children. And so it is like impervious to, to outside forces. That's the one, that is like one area where like, really, if you really, come and the people for sure try they're like what kind of a mother would say i'm like <laughs> fuck all the way off like it doesn't even penetrate me at all Wait, okay so how did you get to that place then because i definitely get so many letters from uh, oh, mothers of every kind of different age just saying oh like how God. do i how do i know i do i mean thousands of letters like saying like how do i deal with this guilt that i have or the shaming that i'm receiving even from people that i work with who you know are demanding that i be at work but then also making me feel bad for being there oh. and just going home and being with my children what advice do you have to, how did you get to that place of like impenetrable <laughs> Like confidence that you're good. 
How did I get to that place? That's a great question. For a long time, I had a a, a parenting blog with um with with uh, she was my my comedy partner for a long time. She's one of the EPs of the show, and um, we wrote just humorous essays about stuff that we had like about our learning curve when we were early parents, like mm-hmm. very early on in the early two thousands. And oh, uh, the amount blogs, right? <laughs> and the blogs. amount of shit that people f- threw at us for just like speaking honestly about like a small, like a little thing that we did in the parenting space. We were like, this felt weird. What, should we talk about this? And people were like, you bitches, you bad mother, you're just ruined your child's life. Like I don't even, and that it built, I built a wall around it. And I went like, I'm making choices. Nobody's perfect. You know, I'm honest with my children. We have a a good and solid relationship. So it was hard for them to see my, to see my face splash across the front of the New York post after calling Ivanka Trump a gun for sure. Like that wasn't easy for them, but it, it really just came with, with time. And also I have, you know, but I have the, the, the luxury and privilege of having an incredibly supportive partner. Like my husband is in there with me. So we're have a fluid way to kind of bat around these ideas. I don't think it's easy. And I, I don't really have any solutions. I, I really don't. Yeah. You're doing your best and you're doing my best. It is, a, it is a decision. And I didn't know it was a decision until a year and a half ago that you can, actually choose whether or not you are going to govern your life via other people's standards. Yeah. And I think when you can actually, like, we can intellectually make that decision from when we're 18, right? We're just like, I don't give a fuck. Because like, that's, you know, what we're taught. We were taught that by Alanis Morissette, for right. Christ's sake. And, you know, mm-hmm. Gloria Steinem and all these like different, you know, great voices, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But you, it really has to come from like, a, it's a deep roar from within of just it like, is. I am going to die. I'm going to die if I try and live up to everyone's like pedestal expectation of me. And I think we all need to take that with us. You cannot crowdsource your values or your personality. Like that's Mm -hmm. just not how it works. It's not, it's never going to work. It's never going to set you up for success. Like set yourself up for success every day. Like (laughs) fuck other people. A hundred percent. God, I believe that so intensely whilst also admiring the fact that you do maintain like a very strong moral code online. Like, you know, I think that there's a difference between just like, fuck everyone. I have no responsibility to be good, but also ah, fuck the people who are projecting their own fucking insecurities and shit onto me. That's where you have to learn how to like analyze where it actually matters that you change or where you don't have to. Somebody told me something really great once, which was like that you should draw, uh, you know, it was Masha Gessen, actually. And they told me mm-hmm. that you should draw like a red line in the sand for yourself. And that is your line. That is like your ethics. That's your moral code. And just know what it is and never cross that line. Never cross that line. A hundred percent. Everyone should watch your interview with Masha. That was that, that just to be haunted. The 2016 oh. one in particular, where she predicted the autocracy four mm. years before people were like, I think this is turning into an autocracy. Masha <laughs> is Masha is an incredible human being. And yeah. honestly, I've taken that lesson. I, I reflect on it. It's something that I really do try to live by. There are very few things that I'm like, that I, that I recall almost every single day. And that is really one of them. That is something that I think about all the time. If I'm not saying it's easy to like figure out what those things are, but you know, 
Yeah, write them down. Maybe write, write them down. Write them I'm going to do it straight after this. Honestly, podcast. I got to get the needlepoint. <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> You're not chicken fingers. Um, I, can I talk to you about marriage a little bit? Because oh, I'm just sure. always, I'm so obsessed with long-term relationships because oh. I don't, I, like, I'm, I'm in one, but I, I, we, How we long both have you been feel, in it? Well, oh. we're seven years, I think. We're going at seven that's years. Nice. So like, so it's, it's, you know, it's nothing compared to where you're at, but it's, no, no, no. it's significant. That's not but we constantly okay. like exist in like existential crisis of, is this like, how will we still love each other this much? How are we still going to love each other this much later? And mm-hmm. and all these different things. Um, and so it's definitely it's definitely something that we're also increasingly told is unnatural. And I think like all these kind of different, you know, do you know <laughs> what? what I mean? Like it's just well, the, it's with the the current like you know conversation and framing. And I I don't think it's unhealthy. Is like people questioning monogamy like intensely sure. in like it's like it's kind of almost a kind of a complete flip reverse from when I was growing up, where everyone was just like monogamy mm-hmm. is normal, polyamory is a sign that you're you know you're deeply troubled mm-hmm. and I think now uh I don't think monogamy is a sign that one is deeply troubled but I do think that the conversation has flipped in a way that feels much more open for different people who maybe aren't mm-hmm. going to find a lot of what they want in just one person I'm definitely, definitely a monogamy person I would say just just because I'm not very good at competitions so I just oh no I've, I would not thrive. I've lost every competition I've ever been in like every potato sack race egg and spoon yeah. like you name it I'm just I suck and so I, and I bow out I give up immediately <gasps> Me too. I, I give just, up I, immediately I I have Ugh. like I have no I have no um sense of like real f- I can fight on my own but I'm not interested in anyone else's lane I am exactly like that. I yeah. think that's a very that's a trait that you and I share. Except when it comes to trivia competitions, and I'm an animal in trivia competitions. <laughs> but oh, every yeah. other in every I other would, way, I'm like, you fight it out amongst yourselves. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm no, not I would do that it. thing that big dogs do when they're faced with a little dog that um, they want to like. I'm that's me. I would lay <laughs> like if I was near you in a trivia conversation, I would immediately lie um, down on my side and put my head on the ground. Trivia competition. I would expose my belly to you. I would actually lift my shirt to expose my belly to you, my heart, like all of my vital organs to you. Uh, I just have no. That's nice though. Seven years is a big accomplishment. Is it? Yeah, we're pretty proud. Pretty proud. Um, Yeah. I mean, you guys have been together since 1996. You've been married since 2001. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you've been in like Hollywood for a lot of this time. Not Hollywood, but you know what I mean? Like the entertainment industry, which is the entertainment industry, but we're turbulent. Turbulent. we're, We're not in that turbulent space. Like we. Yeah, I more I mean know. just like how I don't mean like oh, so many attractive people around. So There's too done many. It. I just mean people like to yeah. <laughs> no, I I mean um, I just mean that it's you know it's a chaotic uh, sure. non non rhythmic existence mm-hmm. full of traveling all of the time and full of like not always right. knowing what you're going to be doing next week. It's an inconsistent life. Right. But regardless of that, how have you? This is decades. Decades, oh, decades of your life. How have yeah. you, um, how has, how has this happen, happened? <laughs> how is this possible? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't have, I don't have a secret. I think we're just a good match. We're just a well-matched couple and we like came together. I am a like slightly older than Jason is. We got like three, three and a half. Sometimes it's four years. Sometimes it's like Same. numerically four. Sometimes yeah. it's three and a half. Same. Um, I like it better when it's like a three and a half year (laughs) difference, but 
we just kind of built our, I don't know, we built our life together. I will say that like neither one of us, it's been, we've been pretty balanced since we started. We don't, neither of us has any secret. Like we love each other. It's a great partnership. We fight sometimes or we disagree frequently, I guess, but not in a way that is like, I don't think any of us, I don't think either of us have ever walked away from a fight going like, well, is that it? Because there's something just, it grounds us. This relationship has always lifted both of us in, in, in various, like the, the sum of the parts is, is better than us individually. And I think we both, I don't think we, I'm, I'm, I'm babbling because I actually don't think we think about our relationship all that much. We don't really talk about it. That's great. And we don't really think about it. It just sort of exists. (laughs) It just happened. It just happened. We've always, we've had this like, what has been great, I will say, is that we've always had like that, um, there's been like a fluidity of like, who's working, who's not working, who's kind of carrying more of the weight, who's, who's doing more of this. Is that a conversation? Because, you know, we're talking about mothers and balancing, being able to go after your dream, like really fucking like you've gone after your dreams and Definitely. like, and, and really just been incredibly present at your job whilst also being able to be a present parent. And you were crediting the fact that you have a very loving and supportive partner. So when it comes to that kind of, uh, striking that balance and, and both people having their own separate mm-hmm. careers, Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive me, I'm not actually aware of what your husband... He was on The Daily Show for years and years. Right. And then right. he um, went and created a show called The Detour, which you would really love. I'm it's going to immediately it's really investigate funny. it. Yes, I will. It's so funny. So you just have you, to trust me. Okay. How, do you divvy, how do you divvy that up then? Like, is there a plan at the beginning of the year or the beginning of every kind of season of like, who's going, going to do this, that and the other? Like, so we can make sure that at least one of us is here with... No, not really. Well, we like, okay. So we had, you know, our family is very supportive. We have a babysitter who we love. Like we definitely have, we like have a babysitter who we love and who has always like been with us through all, since the beginning of the time that we started having children, we have all of our family members live in Canada, but they've always been so flexible about coming about we could just like fly them to New York and they would babysit the kids for two days if we both had to be away and we've we've made a lot of choices um we've made professional choices we've made professional sacrifices it didn't come without a certain level of sacrifices we've given up jobs because they didn't fit into like Jason got a huge job to offer the moment we had our first baby like the day that she was born, he got this massive job offer and we just looked at each other and he was like, I can't do this right now. Like I'm not, I can't, I can't do this. And I was like, that's awesome because please don't do this job. (laughs) Cause I'm going to, my head's about to explode. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And we just kind of understood together that it wasn't the right opportunity. If it didn't come at the right time, like we definitely, that's so funny because that was 15 years ago and we just talked about it almost for the first time the other day. I was like, oh God, do you remember when you got this huge job offer right when Piper was born and, and you said no to it? And I was so grateful. And you were like, how could I have done it? Like, how could I get on a plane and leave? My baby was just born. And I think like, first of all, finding a partner who is that person mm-hmm. is like that's lovely, lovely. And, and that's how we both are. Like we just are kind of like that in general anyway. So we've, we've had support. We've had the financial means to, 
to create a supportive nest. Like when we need a, a family member to come across the border, we can fly them to come and help us. So we've had that kind of flexibility and the ability to do that. And that was really helpful. I mean, we make choices as we go. Like we, we've kind of always figured it out as we went along. I don't know how to explain it, except that it, it feels very, it is, it's pretty natural. And, you know, I do more of this thing and Jason does more of this thing. And that's a pretty natural fit too. Like, even though sometimes I'm like, why am I the only one folding laundry? (laughs) (laughs) I have to do all of it because I do so much laundry and uh, (laughs) that's the job that falls to me. And sometimes I don't like it or like I do most of the cooking and that oh, no. falls James, to me. James is more of the cooking. Great. And I do uh, a lot of the cleaning. Okay. And then when it comes to the dog, I feel like I've worked her away for him to deal with more of the poo. That's it's like nice. A, it's like a 65, 35 That's situation. That's pretty good. You no. find your, you but find I do a lot of levels. tidying. Yeah, it's a lot of tidying. I, and I also like am the one who makes sure that all of the great snacks are here all the time. So I feel like that's fair. I, I remember someone saying, and I don't exactly, I'm totally paraphrasing, but it was like, you should try to have a partner who sort of believes in the same level of cleanliness that you do. Like actually... <laughs> To part of a, a set of partners who share an idea about how clean something should be is actually very valuable, <laughs> more valuable than you think. Because if one person has an idea of cleanliness that is like scrupulous and like vacuum tracks in the rug and like glasses lined up like an orchard, and the other person is like, I love to be dusted in Cheetos and I like to have socks drying That's on the back me. of my sofa. That's me. It's hard. That part is hard. Like finding that balance is, that's, that's a challenge. Yeah. I think that's great. I think, I I think that's what broke a lot of my friends up last year was cleanliness. I think that's actually quite profound. It's a very, it sounds so, it's odd. It's, it seems very basic. Like it seems very dumb to even talk about, but it, it, you know, it it kind of, it's meaningful. It's not nothing. This week, I mentioned Choose Love in this episode as an example of an organisation that I really, really love and respect. And they are helping so many refugees right now attain supplies, necessities and support. If you like this episode and want to learn more about Choose Love and how to help, then listen to our episode from last December with Josie Norton. It is one of the best episodes of this entire podcast. It's one of the only times someone actually managed to make me cry on this podcast, a taste of my own medicine. It's the most inspired you'll ever be, I swear to God. Check out the episode with Josie Norton about Choose Love and enjoy. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need ebay motors has it at affordable prices and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply start clean with clorox because clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because hey listen remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation and you were like i'm serious if that leaks over the counter it'll be a slimy abomination by the time i get back and i was like yeah 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 of course don't worry about it i won't forget (laughs) well 
Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Okay, so I want to now just fully shift gears as far okay. away from all of the sort of like more chilled stuff that we've been talking about. And I wouldn't yeah. say it's fluffy because I think that parenthood, being a woman under this much scrutiny, all these things are incredibly potent. But I do want to, I want to talk about Afghanistan with you. <sighs> okay. Do you mind? No. Um, I mean, sorry, I know we were having like a nice chilled moment, but I think I just want to specifically talk about the refugee state. Because sure. I know this is something that you feel very passionately about and it's something I feel very passionate about. In fact, the only charity I really like fully constantly align with is Choose Love, whose work is specifically and exclusively with supporting uh, refugees. Mm-hmm. And so I... I think there's so there's so much in the news cycle and so much chaos on Twitter and mm-hmm. so many people get all of their news mm-hmm. just from Twitter. Not even they don't even click into the articles. They read yeah. the headline and they share the headline. And there's there's a wealth of uh kind of skewering opinions around it. And I just kind of wanted you to sort of break down what has just happened and what the implications are for refugees and how we should be very careful about the way that they're being spoken about right now in the news. Well, we've done so much material on the show about refugees and asylum Mm -hmm. seekers. It's something I think about constantly. Mm -hmm. We we think about at the show constantly. I think about personally, constantly. So I was just saying to someone, I was like, the deal is that how a person speaks and feels about refugees and asylum seekers to me uh-huh. tells me like everything I need to know about that mm-hmm. person. If you can't summon compassion for a person who would run across a desert with their babies, what is like, who the fuck are you? Like, what are you made of? Sorry, sorry, my voice just dropped like just three octaves. It's just. It's staggering the level of pain that is flowing in and around Afghanistan. People coming to the United States, people dispersing all over the world. We are not even like imagining these refugee agencies now in the United States that had their entire workplace decimated under the Trump administration, just like absolutely dismantled. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to be receiving people who don't know where they are, would really rather be living in a stable country. Like who I can't, I can't separate my emotion from the story, but for me, this is the story. The story is we need to get out the people who want to leave. We need to get them out and we need to support them. Just uh, clarifying some of this. There's been criticism online of the fact that the US withdrew in this like speedy clusterfuck from hell. Sure. Like this mortifying, like fast, mm-hmm. chaotic clusterfuck. Yes. Um, and then you have a lot of people just saying you should stay 
and fucking help and like make sure that people are safe. And then you have other people saying, well, the, them being there in the first place is what created and funded the Taliban. And this is, you know, like they've interfered so much and it's the external interference of other countries for 120 years in Afghanistan that have been the problem. So there's no point in them staying. And this would always have inevitably happened anyway. Like he had like really, uh, like liberal politicians coming out and just being like, you know, this is always going to happen. Well, you can get really mired down in the details and like mm-hmm. blaming each other and blaming. 100%. And this is- what I would have done and this is what we should have done and this is what and all of that is valid or whatever but like what is happening right now is that people need help like like literally right now they need it like right now that's the story (laughs) like that is the story do you think that that means the U.S. going back in and maintaining a stronghold there do you think that is, and I, I'm, I'm like, this is a part of the world that isn't far from where I'm from, but I think mm-hmm. even I'm just like, and I've watched us go through this. I've watched Bin Laden enter my country and fucking hide there. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so fraught, but even so I don't fraught. know what the answer is. And I was just wondering if you could just solve this global crisis right now on my podcast. Yeah. Let me Thank just you. solve it. And then, and my internet gets <laughs> And then out. it'll be fixed. Yeah. I don't have, I don't, I, I don't. I don't have any solution except that the only thing that I can think to do is to help the people that are coming out of there. So go is, back in and just get as many people out. As fuck. But how I many? Mean, like how, I don't like, know. I just, don't know. I know. I know. But I, know. I also so, don't. But I also don't want to go. Like it's too big a problem. Like hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I'm sure we'll fix it on next week's show. Yeah, well, I mean, probably figure it out a hundred percent. Well, also, like, as one of the only women in the space, like, it really is up to you specifically to solve. It is because the men are doing their best, but also boys will be boys. You know what I mean? Oh, so, boys and really, their toys. It's really important that you fix it by yourself. Yeah, and I will. Um, can you also look very thin and young uh, whilst doing so? Is and there... not be don't be annoying <sighs> when you're fixed. please please don't be annoying and don't I'll like try. have a shrill voice don't I'll try be loud. to stand and don't better. feel like don't be preachy when you're like talking to us about um sort of basic uh, equal rights for humanity can you just not be yeah. loud and preachy there's a lot of feedback about how i what i do with my hands and so i want to make sure that all the people who don't like how I talk with my hands, I want to make sure they're satisfied. Just cut your breasts. You know what I mean? Like just cut your breasts. Well, I would push them together, but they're also yeah. old breasts. And so they're, you know, well, they're then like hold them, re- hold them really repulsive. high up, like sort of just under your ears, like an like earring, like your nipples are earrings. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I good. Like that. that sounds good. That sounds comfortable. Um, well, then ways in which we can all support. I mean, I Choose Love is a... Uh, is a charity that I think are absolutely, they're an organization, a foundation rather, but they are, I think they don't like the word charity and I love that about them. They are an organization that is dedicated to empowering uh, refugees and they have been very, very committed to try and get, you know, they they were extraordinary during what was Mm. happening in Syria. Choose Love is a great organization. Where Mm. else do you feel like we could direct our attention? Like as in like, how can we organize to support this new like wave of emergency, not say the migrant emergency, he hasn't existed for a really long time, but this mm-hmm. is a, a sudden and current, like desperate need for our attention right now. Keeping the pressure on your political leaders to allow refugees to come into this country is actually so valuable. Like it sounds so nerdy to sit down and write letters, but I write letters all the time. I write like nerd letters and I like 
send it to the White House. Do <laughs> I, you? Like, I do. <laughs> I get like stamps because I feel like a hard copy is better than an email. And they read all that stuff. And it's actually really, it's vital. It They listen to it. If you have the time, it's like, you know, it's not like saying something online. If you have the, the time to sit down and pen a letter and like fold it up and put it in a thing and put a stamp on it, those that means something. It's very meaningful. Yeah. And I think that sometimes people can feel as though there's no point and will my letter ever be read? Will I make a difference? I'm just me. I just, you know, I have five friends and I'm, you know, 17 and I don't, you know, I don't, but two words come to mind, Derek Chauvin. When it comes to proof of what people can do when we organize, when we become Mm -hmm. relentlessly loud and um, persistent is that we were able to finally, finally bring some justice to someone who had abused their power. Yeah. And so I feel as though that should be an inspiration, hopefully, to young people as to what they were so significant in in achieving. Civic engagement can often feel like screaming into the void, but but it is very impactful. It is very impactful. Yeah, someone's at the end of that void listening. Unbelievably. Yeah, unbelievably, yes. Yeah. Oh, Samantha, thank you so much for coming on to my thank podcast you. today. Oh I really, God, I really so appreciate fun. you. This was so, it was so nice to get to know you. And generally, I just really appreciate your presence and how you continue to sort of learn and form um, publicly and the way that you are committed to the right, you reserve the right to change your mind or to make a mistake or to learn and to grow. And you have to. done for your entire career. No, I agree. But a lot of people don't feel like they can. And you prove that you can and you must. You must. Yeah. Cannot be perfect. Samantha, thank you so much for giving me so much of your time. I know that you are the busiest person in the world. Thank you for being on this podcast. But before you go, can you please tell me, what do you weigh? Oh, I definitely, I definitely weigh, I definitely weigh my children and my family for sure. Like for sure. I'm just not, I'm not myself without them that's lovely um well thank you very much and go back to your very busy day and uh i hope we get to i hope we get to speak again me too i'm gonna send you okay fingers oh my god that i'm gonna make for you (laughs) this is incredible that is the greatest i love that so much it's a great reminder have a nice day you too Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Aaron Finnegan, and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson, and the beautiful music you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support. We also have a bonus series exclusively on Stitcher Premium called Ask Jamila Anything. Check it out. You can get a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcher.com forward slash premium and using the promo code iway lastly over at iway we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast you can leave us a voicemail at 1-818-660-5543 or email us what you weigh at iwaypodcast at gmail.com and now we would love to pass the mic to one of our fabulous listeners i am a cancer nurse and i weigh Every smile that my patients give me during their chemotherapy treatment, I weigh every life that I've had a hand in saving or even making a little bit better. I weigh 
my marriage, which is coming up on its five-year anniversary. I weigh my recovery from an eating disorder and self-harm. And I weigh my dedication to waking up every morning and showing up for the people in my life. Thank you so much for this podcast and everything it stands for. It's truly changed my life. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.